there are other uh, uh, potentially good candidates out there um, who uh, who are also strong on those items and they reject the uh, they, they come out and they say that they reject that the governor has the power to engage in these policies why, why wouldn't they deserve your endorsement well i mean again i, I looked at all of them i've, I've already told you that i would support uh, whoever comes out of the process and um you know i mean they'll have it if they win the, the primary uh, and I, I wonder and again i know it's i'm the one who's asking the questions but i wonder will you support Governor DeWine if he wins a primary, or will you, you won't? Fear not, dear listener. The path to enlightenment is before you. Leave the darkness behind. Open your eyes. Grab your spears. And brush your teeth. For you will be led to the battlefield, armed with sharp minds and fresh breath. Stand by. We do not kneel and we do not apologize. Kick and scream all you want. The whole currency is no good here. You're about to be canceled out. Welcome to the show dedicated to truth and liberty in the greater Cincinnati area. One small part of a larger movement for freedom pressured into silence by a culture that seeks nothing less than total obedience. Your hosts, Scott and Max, are here to help you to find the courage and resources to become uncancelable. This is Cancelled Out. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. Before we get into the content, I would like to ask you to please check out our website, cancelledout.com. That's cancelled out with one L. In particular, go and check out our merch store. We have launched a store with some t-shirts and some mugs. Some of them are pretty funny. Uh, things that uh, I think you'd be proud to wear out in public, to be honest with you. And uh, I might say I designed them myself. So please do check that out and uh, support the show by you know buying some merch, buying a coffee mug, t-shirt, something like that. Show, show your love. Uh, and at the very least, be sure that you are sharing this content out. That is the reason why we are growing is because you're sharing it out. And I really, truly appreciate it. I hope you continue to do so. Uh, without further ado, let's get into this episode. Sup, dudes? Welcome back to Cancelled Out. This is Max. Uh, I am here with Alex Trantafilu. Uh, I'm sorry, I should have asked you right before we recorded. Did I even say that right? Because you got a challenging last name. You said it perfectly. You said Imagine it perfectly. That. I know I'd heard Thank it before, you. but you know. Um, so uh, he is the chairman of the uh, Hamilton County Republican Party. And the reason I've asked him to come on is uh, recently, uh, Governor Mike DeWine had presented a list of Southwest Ohio endorsers, including Alex Trantafilo. And a lot of us have some questions about that. And he was gracious enough to come on and answer those questions. So I want to thank you right at the start for, for facing those. I know that this is going to be uh, uh, this has been a challenge for you over the past several days, uh, and I think it, it does show tremendous character for you to come on. So I want to start by thanking you there. Pleased to do it. Thanks for the opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, before we get into that topic itself, though, I do want people to get a chance to get to know you. So if you could get into just a little bit about your background, uh, about uh, your work as the chairman of the uh, Hamilton County Republican Party and anything else that people should know about you. Well, I appreciate it. Uh, I, I'll Try not to be too lengthy. I'm a, a first-generation American born to Greek immigrant parents. I'm a native West Sider. Um, I, I uh, emanated from a fairly working-class family. My father was a UAW auto 
Hooker after uh, coming over here with his parents uh, from Greece. And uh, my mom born and raised in Greece, Greek before English as a native language. I came to being a political junkie and a conservative primarily from uh, you know, a, an upbringing that, that focused me in that direction, uh, family and God and, and, um, and, and fiscal sanity and the other things that, that drive and motivate me uh, every day as a Republican all came out of a, a wonderful family. And I grew up again on the West Side. I'm a product of the public high schools. I went to Oak Hills High School. Then I went on to the University of Cincinnati here, graduated the Chase Law School in 1996. I have been Max, a political junkie since I was about 14 or 15 years old. I've been a Republican since then. Uh, you know, I can tell stories I won't, but um, I care deeply and passionately about the, the principles that drive the Republican Party. I've advocated for them for the, you know, the better part of my adult life. I just turned 50. Uh, you know, it's taken on a bunch of different um, activist roles. I spent uh, several years as a young attorney and a prosecutor where I, I developed a, a strong pro-law enforcement bent. Um, that actually will, will be part of why you'll hear me uh, talk about my, my endorsement of the governor. Um, I also um, um, have uh, been a judge here in the community for four years of my career, almost five years of my life before I came on to be the party chairman. I did that uh, 19, excuse me, in 2008. I left being a judge voluntarily, joined my law firm where I work now, and um, have been supporting Republican candidates across the political spectrum uh, for the bulk of my career. So, you know, I'm married to my high school uh, girlfriend, Jennifer Triantafilu. We have one child. He's a 22-year-old young man and a Republican who now will vote against Governor Whitmer in Michigan this, this year, I'm happy to report. So um, with that, uh, that's, that's basically a, a little introduction about me. And I'm glad to be with you, by the way. Yeah, and, and yeah, thanks again for coming on. Tell me a little bit about your role as the chairman. How did you get into that, and uh, what has that been like? Yeah, uh, you know, ask anyone who's been around politics a long time, they'll tell you that being a chairman is, is, is tough. And I, when I hear that, it usually means I'm, you know, somebody's been bashing me, and I appreciate why. But, um, you know, you're, you're constantly trying to unite the various factions of the party, and sometimes we're successful in that, sometimes we're not. Um, but anyway, you become chairman by a vote of the central committee of your party. I've uh, been elected a few times as party chairman. Um, you know, I, the, the bulk of my time as chairman is spent doing really two things. It is raising money, which is not easy, uh, and uh, maintaining some, uh, some credibility with our business community and with other leaders who are willing to donate uh, to the effort. Uh, and, you know, that we, we maintain a downtown party headquarters, we have staff, we have copiers, we have to keep the lights on, we have, um, you know, we have rent, we have insurance, you know, all those things don't just happen, we have to raise money, we're a volunteer and donor driven organization, there's no, there's no, we don't sell anything, you know, so, so a lot of what I do, frankly, is raise money, and I, I do that practically every day in some capacity, um, you know, and then recruiting and talking with and trying to help candidates understand the political process and the lay of the land. Um, very little of what I do actually is what people think. Uh, people sometimes think there's this gigantic smoke-filled room where we're setting policy and uh, that's just false. And I do a lot of myth busting around what the party actually does. I mean, you know, again, I know we're going to jump in to talk about the governor. I haven't had a meaningful conversation directly with the governor in months. It's not about that. It's not how it operates. I think some people might think that, uh, at least not for me. There may be other county chairs who's doing that with, but anyway, um, we're largely a grassroots uh, organization, and we're, we're here to try to win races from the White House all 
on the way to the local courthouse. It's probably the basic mission statement of the Hamilton County Republican Party. Um, and, um, you know, I mean, I, the, the other parts of this job, since you asked, are, you know, I'm, I'm, I've overseen a changing Hamilton County. I take the, the grief that goes with that. You know, when I was, when I became party chairman, candidly, I think that people thought that um, uh, I was the right guy for it because I'd won a lot of races as a party operator and a, and a party uh, and, and a campaign operative run and been involved in lots of successful campaigns. Uh, for a while there in my early uh, 30s, I was kind of the wonderkind of the party. Now I'm the old gray hair, but, um, you know, we're about just trying to understand the lay of the land here. The, the county has certainly changed. Uh, you know, people get, uh, my critics say I blame the demographics. It's just a reality that's occurred in big cities everywhere. It's hard uh, for Republicans to be successful in big cities, but you know, I continue to want to try to change that. And I got a lot of different ideas about that. But anyway, uh, with that, um, I'll, I'll go back to you, but that's a, that's a summary kind of a, what the chairman does and what I try to yeah, I appreciate that. And uh, I did also want to get your thoughts. Again, I don't, I don't want to bury the lead here too much, but I wanted to get your thoughts and reaction to uh, this last election in 2021. Seemed to me we had some pretty good successes, uh, uh, not just in Ohio, but in Ohio for sure, and, 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 in, and in Southwest Ohio. Uh, I wanted to get your thoughts on how all that played out. Well, very, very pleased with the last election. I mean, we, we endorsed 76 uh, races. Um, Again, 76 candidates received the endorsement of the Hamilton County Republican Party. Um, you know, we won 76% of them. That's some 60-something number of those people that were on our slate were successful. But the, and again, we just and I um, people who listen to political podcasts tend to be a little bit more sophisticated, has been my experience. So I'll just kind of dive in and tell you the good news for Republicans, conservative is that we're starting to see a little bit more of a migration in the suburbs back to the conservative worldview. And uh, look, I mean, I'm a huge supporter of President Trump. If you look right there, that's a picture of me coming off greeting President Trump off of Air Force One. Um, I can tell you that um, also, you know, on the South Lawn, one of five people in Ohio invited to do that big supporter of President Trump. With that being said, he did struggle in suburban communities across America, traditionally with, with some female votes in the suburbs. College-educated suburban women was a target demographic for Republicans, and you know, again, if you look at 2020, uh, Joe Dieters, uh, who was one of the biggest, probably the biggest win I've been a part of uh, as county chairman in a, in, a, in a county where, you know, where the president lost almost 70,000 votes, he wins a huge race. Joe Dieters does to hold a really crucial office. But anyway, uh, with that, um, I will tell you that part of what we need to see are these, these women coming back into our party. And we saw that time and again in the suburbs, you know, again, Anderson Township, I know Max, you're on that part of town and we're active and helpful in that regard. That was a terrific win for the Republican party across the board there with sweeping out uh, school board candidates who uh, should have been doing better. We saw the same thing happen across town in Colerain Township, big win in the spring in the uh, Colerain Township trustee races, as well as wins in the Northwest local schools. I could go on, there were 76, I won't, but you know, we were, we were pleased with uh, with what happened, and again, diving into the numbers, we're pleased to see some of those suburban uh, women come back to our party. All right, so let's get into the endorsement itself. So uh, Mike DeWine and Houston had both published uh, a uh, press release 
Um, and I'll just go ahead and read from it here, coming out of Columbus, Ohio. Elected officials, grassroots organizers, and community leaders across Southwest Ohio are offering their support and endorsement for the reelection of Governor Mike DeWine and Lieutenant Governor John Houston. Mike DeWine and John Houston are grateful for the immense support of leaders across Southwest Ohio and will to, uh, continue to fight for Ohio businesses, children, uh, and families every day. Uh, and then, of course, uh, there's the list of endorsers, you among them. And also, uh, they had uh, posted a quote from you, if you don't mind, I'm just going to go ahead and read from that real quick, uh, from Alex Trantafilu, uh, uh, posted by Mike DeWine. Governor DeWine and Lieutenant Governor Houston are leading the most conservative administration in Ohio history, cutting taxes at a historic rate, bringing manufacturing jobs back to Ohio, enacting legislation that protects Ohioans, Second Amendment rights, and the unborn. Uh, Mike DeWine and John Houston are fighting for Ohio businesses, children, and families every day, and our future looks bright. Um, so I'll just start by asking just the, the, the basic question here. Why do you believe that uh, DeWine is deserving of your endorsement and also our vote in the coming primary election? Yeah, and I appreciate it. And I think that quote summarized some of it. Um, look, I want to take you back for a minute and make a couple of things abundantly clear to listeners, right? This is a personal endorsement by me. It's not the Hamilton County Republican Party. The Hamilton County Republican Party has not endorsed in a primary uh, in the 13 years that I've been involved as the chair. And then even before that, I think the four years I was involved, we used to do that. We didn't, we do not. Uh, and you're gonna say, well, but you know, you're part and parcel. You're that. No, I, I, I'm an individual just like everyone else. And I'm allowed to have an opinion. And on this particular one, I, uh, I broke from my typical routine and that is kind of trying to stay above it, taking some heat for it, including probably more of it tonight. But Max, the fact of the matter is, I just looked at a, the body of work from, from Mike uh, DeWine. I'll also say that I've known him. Uh, I've known uh, I've known him for 20 years. I know his son. Now, again, these personal relationships are what they are, but they do matter. But there are several several things. I mean, uh, first of all, my wife and I are strongly pro-life. He signed the heartbeat bill. That carried a lot of weight with me. That continues to carry a lot of weight with me. I think protecting the unborn uh, should be one of the focuses of government generally because um, they're the people that cannot speak for themselves. And I think Mike was very strong on that. I, I know that um, uh, some, you know, there, there are his critics perhaps, but I, I can't imagine anybody would be critical of Mike, uh, Mike's lifelong commitment to, to the issue of life. So that, that mattered to me a lot. Uh, you know, Mike has, um, has expanded school choice in Ohio, something that I feel very strongly about. As a matter of fact, as an urban county chairman, Max, we talked about the changing demographics. I think one way to get uh, minorities and African-Americans and others to come over into our party is offer school choice in those failing schools. And I think Mike's last budget increased ed choice, something that I paid careful attention to. Um, you know, Mike supports law enforcement. Um, he, he um, again, as a former prosecutor, as a former judge, I'm very pro-law enforcement, very pro-police. I think our police have come under unnecessary attack. And Mike has been a prosecutor. He was our attorney general, and I thought an outstanding attorney general of the state. So, you know, those are the kind of the, the things that, that, uh, that, 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 those are more things. I mean, I you know about a $2.2 billion um, uh, income tax cut for Ohioans. Again, these, some of these things don't make headlines, especially in the Cincinnati market, because I don't know that we get the best kind of coverage. So look, on balance, uh, I think those are the reasons. Now, I cannot uh, miss the opportunity to say that I've met and know uh, Jim 
NACI for a long time. Um, I think he's a good man. I don't know uh, Joe Blystone. He hasn't reached out or connected. I suspect he's identified me as an evil, evil member of the establishment. I don't make light of that, but I think it's ridiculous that for anybody to say that such a thing exists. But anyway, with that being said, uh, I just don't know him. Uh, you know, and it was it was a it was a tight call because I, again, I, I like Jim or NACI. The last thing I'll say, which I think is really important, and I would hope everybody who's listening, who's upset with Governor DeWine, would say the same thing. I intend to support whoever comes out of the primary process. And if it's Jim Renacci, if it's Joe Blystone, the first call they might get is from me and I will support them. I will try to do everything within my power here to do the things I can do within the, within the party structure that is to help them raise money in Hamilton County. I will help them get organized on the ground. I will speak at every one of the rallies. I will be there in full support. So um, I don't know. I hope I've, I've done my best to tell you where I am. And I, and I guess before I, before I let you uh, talk to me a little bit about his pandemic response. I'm just going to say this because I haven't given it a lot of thought. Um, I think um, that I, uh, there were times and I've told the governor's team this, there were times during the pandemic response where I didn't really like some of the, 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 um, uh, I'm a civil libertarian at heart. So there were times where there were things I just did not like, uh, but same can be said for Mike Pence's committee. The same can be said for Donald Trump. I mean, President Trump was advocating for shutdowns. He was advocating for some level of lockdown. I think um, a lot of us came to the conclusion that we should open up sooner. Uh, I think I think uh, Governor DeWine probably looking back could have. I, th- I know the legislature, by the way, chock full of Republicans, including Southwest Ohio Republicans and friends and supporters of mine, over overturned um, a couple of his vetoes. I probably supported the legislature in that more than I supported the governor. So I'm mindful of all of that. Uh, but I guess... Um, uh, and this is subject to some criticism. I think part of being in a, in a party, a Republican party, is recognizing that uh, not every decision is going to happen the way you want it to happen, and that to have a big tent, uh, that would um, that's important. But one one more point, I promise I'll stop. Uh, you know, uh, your your email that you sent uh, that offered up a couple questions was really, I think, um, uh, one question you asked me was really significant, and. Um, we live in, a, in a, what is now at least a light blue county in Hamilton County. And I think it's fair to say that Mike DeWine will have some crossover appeal. And I believe that. And that's probably because, as you said, centrist part of the time. And I, I think you were correct when you suggested that. But I think he'll have crossover appeal that can help down ticket races. And I do believe that. And um, that's not to say that Jim Renacci couldn't have a similar appeal. I don't know that Joe Blystone could. I just don't know him. But um, I think you have to have some crossover appeal to win places like Hamilton County. So all of those things uh, played into my mind here as we're trying to continue to win races in Hamilton County. Yeah, I appreciate that. And I, I, and I actually want to, before I uh, ask uh, the next question, I do want to react to uh, something you had said kind of towards the beginning there, um, that this was a personal endorsement. This was not an endorsement on behalf of the Hamilton County Republican Party. Um, my, my reaction to that is I, 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 I don't disagree there. Uh, I understand that approach um, because uh, I think that if you had come out in support of, uh, say, Renacy as an example or Blystone, um, but if you had come out in support of Renacy as an example, um, uh, you couldn't very well, you know, I couldn't very well be frustrated with that decision if, you know, if I thought Renacy was the was the right guy for the job. Um, it is about a political race and trying to uh, trying to have that influence. Um, that being said, it is about trying to tip the scales in the favor of the person that you think is the best for the job. That's just politics, and I appreciate that. Um, 
That being said, uh, we do, of course, you already touched on it, but I, I do want to uh, talk a little bit more about the pandemic response uh, DeWine engaged in. Uh, and he did engage in a lot of, uh, uh, of policies that many of us, including myself, and I don't want to speak for everybody, I, but I know a lot of people uh, that I've talked to feel, uh, feel the same, uh, including things like postponing the elections, um, uh, what seemed like arbitrary shutdown of businesses, determining who is essential and who's not essential, frankly, including uh, the abortion clinics, which did not get shut down during the uh, pandemic. I understand that he's been strong on abortion in some ways, but there was an opportunity there that I think was lost as a Republican go governor who is pro-life. Um, I would also say that his mask mandates, which ended up requiring the legislature to uh, override his veto in order to keep him from being able to do that any further. Um, and the last, the last thing that I'll point out is uh, the, uh, the lottery that he, he engaged in, where he took taxpayer uh, money to uh, encourage people to get a vaccine, which many of us view as still very much, uh, definitely at that time, in its experimental phase. Um, and of course, we've seen since how many, you know, additional vaccines and boosters people have been having to get. So uh, it, it, this, it, to, to me, <clears throat> I understand what you're, what you're saying as far as having that, that crossover appeal. We are in a blue county and all of that. That being said, to me, it seems like there are some things that as a conservative uh, should be a non-starter. And you talked about being a uh, civil libertarian. Um, personal freedoms, uh, the freedom to operate your business and not be deemed non-essential for whatever reason. To me, that's, that's, that's crucial. That's a critical piece of being a conservative and frankly, I think being a Republican. So I guess my question to that, uh, to you is just in reaction to some of the things that you said there, um, I, even though you're trying, you're, 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 uh, identifying that crossover appeal at what point does a Republican no longer deserve your support? Being pro-life, you of course, you ought to be pro-life. You better be pro-life if you're a Republican, right? Uh, at what point do you know, does a Republican lose your endorsement and lose your support when they engage in these policies that are so antithetical to civil liberties and to personal freedom? Yeah, you covered a lot of ground. Uh, first of all, on the question of abortion clinics staying open, I, I would want you to excuse me, maybe dive in a little bit more on that. I understood, and again, I'm, I, as I told you before we went live, and I'm going to say it to your listeners, I'm not a, a chapter and verse a defender and a, and a, and a, of, of the particular policies that the governor did. And again, that's not me dock, ducking. It's just, you know, I, again, I supported 76 different people last year. It would be, you know, it's hard for me to know everybody's position. I know he's the governor, fair enough. But that being the case, I think on the abortion clinic one, maybe I, I've, at least I've heard uh, from some pro-life friends of mine that, uh, that he did attempt to do that, and then maybe the court overturned it, that he, you know, he was going to shut them down along with other um, elective procedures, and that a court actually overturned him on that. Now, I, again, you can look into that. I'm not here to, I, I wish I could cite the court case from me as a lawyer. I should. I don't know it, and, but I don't understand it. But your, your bigger question is, at what point does a Republican lose my support? Well, I'll give you one example. I've, I've very publicly been critical of uh, a former governor and former Republican, John Kasich. He crossed lots of lines with me. One of the big lines he crossed, he wouldn't just endorse the party's nominee. Um, you know, and I'm not shy about it. I've told this to the governor. I've even taken to Twitter to say it. There were decisions made in that process that I did not agree with. And uh, that, that'll continue to happen. That happens in every, uh, in every uh, um, um, election cycle with every politician. And, uh, you know, I, you know, again, I, this is going to sound a little hooky to you, Max, but sometimes 
I feel like I have a car lot and I'm, you know, I'm selling Republicans. And, you know, again, my, my decision to say what I said about the governor is what it is. But I mean, you know, for every Republican, I mean, for every decision that some people will point out that they didn't like about the governor, I can show you, you know, 60 legislators in the Republican Party who overturned him. So, you know, I'm trying to keep it all together, trying to piece it all together. I've made the personal decision uh, based on a long career of knowing Mike DeWine and what's in his heart and knowing about him. And I, I think he deserves my vote, and I intend to do that. Um, but again, on the points that you've made, I think they're fair and legitimate points. You ought to take him up with the governor. And if he faces the voters in a primary and he's not successful as a result of that, then I, you know, I'll support the person that, that comes out of the process. I will say one other thing, though, just generally speaking about the pandemic. I think everybody uh, that's been in a, a position of responsibility wishes they could have the hindsight that we have now, two years after it started. Um, you know, I, I just, I spent the first six months of that process in disbelief. I, I like to think that, uh, you know, I'm a fairly well-read person. I, 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 the Bible for me in many respects is the Wall Street Journal. I just, I read the journal every day that a coronavirus section. I tried to understand it. And I think uh, people like Governor DeWine and other governors across America were thrust into a uh, situation that we haven't seen in our lifetime. And I think that, um, Again, I don't know. It's a question better asked to the governor. But I think if he, I think if he were honest, he might say, "Hey, I wish I had a do-over here, there, or the other place." But I think at the at the moment that he was asked to make some of these decisions, tough calls as they were, I mean, subject to criticism, um, he's a, he's a big boy and he can handle that criticism, I suppose, and answer to the voters for it. But again, that's that's just generally my feeling. I think he just had a very tough situation faced with a tough set of facts, and, uh, and obviously, in your view and the view of a lot of people, believe me, I've heard about it. Um, a lot of people, you know, made the wrong decisions, and I appreciate where those people are coming from. Um, and you know, again, that's where that's where it kind of comes down. Yeah, and of course, I, you know, I uh, I would love to hear. I won't ask you because it doesn't it wouldn't make sense to ask you, but I would love to hear what, if anything, uh, Mike Dewine regrets about his handling of the pandemic. Um, I, I have not heard of him uh, coming out and saying as much, but you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily expect many politicians to do do such a thing. But yeah, you know, can I just interject one thing? I and I've said this publicly, and um, I don't know that he would say this, but I would. I thought um, I, I joined with uh, thousands of others in, in being sick of the Amy Acton Act early on, and uh, I made that clear to them. And I've, I've again, I've, I've, I'm not shy about my social media. I've said it there, and. Not afraid to say it, but again, I, I took I took my decision on the balance of all the other things that I care about and the person I know, and made my decision. Well, and I understand uh, that you, like you said, you based your decision on his uh, approach to being pro life um, and, uh, and and other uh, conservative uh, policies. I'll even uh, say that I, uh, on occasion, have commended uh, Dewine for some of the, the, the bills that came out um, that he passed uh, that were pro second amendment. So uh, I, I get that that politicians uh, uh, should des should get the credit, you know, where credit is due on those kinds of things. He signed stand your ground too, did he not? That's, that's, that's the one I was referring to, so yeah. yeah. Um, but that, that being said, uh, there are other uh, uh, potentially good candidates out there um, who, uh, who are also strong on those items and they reject the uh, they, they come out and they say that they reject that the governor has the power to engage in these policies. Why, why wouldn't they deserve your. Well, I mean, again, I, I looked at all of them. I've, I've already told you that I would support um, whoever comes out of the process. And, um, you know, I mean, they'll have it if they win the, the primary. Uh, and 
I, I wonder, and again, I know it's, I'm the one who's asking the questions, but I wonder, will you support Governor DeWine if he wins a primary or will you, you won't? I, I will not. I'll be honest. Yeah. I absolutely yeah. will not. And I understand that that is uh, somebody uh, who is uh, a part of the party. But I got to tell you, one of the reasons, and this actually leads, leads into another question that I have for you. Yeah. One of the reasons I took so long to get involved in the Republican Party is as soon as I ever started to dabble in it and research it and look into it, I started to see decisions like these that I just so dramatically disagreed with. Um, and it's not enough that a person is a Republican. A Republican uh, To me, it's about principle. Now, um, it's one thing to disagree on tactics. Uh, it's one thing to disagree on strategy, even uh, to disagree on some policies. Um, uh, that being said, like I said, there is a, a baseline you really do need if you're going to call yourself a conservative uh, and, a, and be and pro small government. Uh, I think that there are some bare minimum expectations. Uh, and at some point, I have to go with the principle, not with the brand, not with the Republican brand. And that's just that's just how I feel about it. I, I don't see a way to let me put it this way. Sometimes the Republican Party makes uh, the wrong decision. And again, I I agree. I, uh, contend that the decisions that uh, Mike DeWine made were wrong, and I uh, contend that the endorsement of Mike DeWine is the wrong decision. Um, at some point, uh, there needs to be some reform. There needs to be some change. There needs to be the ability to do that. And there needs to be the ability, in my opinion, to hold the Republican Party accountable when they make what I view or what many of us view are the wrong decisions. And to me, no, I, I, I cannot say that I would support Mike DeWine uh, in the general. Um, it's just that's just not where that's just not how I how I do things. I don't do it based. On, I understand that sometimes, though, you've got to uh, you, you've got to uh, kind of work with people that you disagree with on things. But the pandemic response, as far as uh, uh, the way Mike DeWine has handled it, is a non-starter for me. Fair enough. And I appreciate you answering honestly as well. And. Look, I mean, that's my challenge as a party leader is to get people like you on board. You know, I actually wanted to get it out. In fact, I won't, I won't get up in the middle of the podcast, but I just today was at our party headquarters and got a scathing letter, Max, from a woman, uh, and I almost want to make her semi-famous on your podcast, who was a lifelong Republican, but thinks we've walked away from our principles by endorsing Donald Trump. She's particularly angry with me because she heard me on Brian Thomas advocating and supporting for Donald Trump. She is uh, exceedingly upset with his corruption, his lies. He's not a conservative. He's walked away from our principles. Again, I'm telling you that you get it from every angle, okay? And we're trying to piece it all together. I would like to think that you would come on board and support the nominee if it's Mike DeWine. But again, if the angst is, as you suggest that it is, within our party uh, apparatus and within the voting uh, electorate, you know, then perhaps we'll have a Renee Sierra Blystone nominee. And you know, we'll, we'll be back at it. Um, you know, again, we saw it. I had I had like four or five precinct executives actually resign when Donald Trump won our nomination. So, um, you know, I'll also say this, and this is going to get nuts and bolts. And I'm happy to debate it with you a little bit if you like. But I'm here to tell you that my endorsement is going to move next to nobody because um, clearly uh, there are people who make their opinion known uh, uh, about uh, things in politics and. I can't remember the last time that a one county party chairman's endorsement moved that many votes. Now, again, that's not me looking at duck. I'm just saying that uh, people are more sophisticated politically. And, you know, there are people like me that thought, well, why don't I just stay out of this? And that way I don't have to, you know, uh, make angry a certain segment within my party. But I decided 
this cycle that I, I wanted to just, uh, I wanted to defend, uh, uh, I just wanted to, to speak out for what I thought worked. And, you know, if we're going to, if we're going to talk about it, we're going to talk more about what's happening on the ground here in Hamilton County. And I feel like the apparatus that Mike DeWine will put in place to turn out the vote effort, um, the crossover appeal that he'll have in the suburbs can help candidates down ticket. And that's part of my obligation. And um, again, you didn't ask specifically, I don't think yet, maybe you're getting to it with that question, but it's, aren't you turning off all those people in the Gallup poll? No, the actually, no. I mean, in Hamilton County, um, you know, I was involved in the campaign for Joe Dieters that got crossover votes and did better than Donald Trump. I was involved in the campaign for Bruce Hoffbauer, where he got 30,000 more votes than President Trump. I, you know, I was involved in the campaign for Charlie Winburn that got more votes uh, than the top of the ticket. So it's it's possible, you know, to get some crossover appeal. And again, if I'm just raw politics, and I know, I know, certainly I appreciate and support people of principle like you. My point being, though, if I'm actually evaluating through the political lens, you know, I, um, I would make the argument again that that um, Mike DeWine may have greater crossover appeal, and we'll find out. I suppose we'll see. But I know what happens in a blue county, and that is um, everybody thinks they're right because we're losing races. And uh, I listened to all that, and I'm happy to take uh, constructive criticism on the topic and. You know, um, maybe, um, and I hope you'll keep doing that. Well, and, I, and I'll, I'll ask about what you just said there. Uh, you said that your endorsement is not going to move the meet, uh, move the needle. Uh, would you say that collectively the Southwest Ohio Republican leaders and across the state endorsements are going to move the needle at all? I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to say. You know, it's interesting to me uh, that politics has changed so dramatically in the time that I've been involved more than 20 years and that the parties, frankly, matter less. People are getting more information from more places, including the, the very devices we're on right now. You know, you get more information in 10 minutes on your iPhone than you would have gotten in, you know, in an entire reading of this of four different Sunday newspapers over the course of a month. And that's only happened in the last, you know, 10 or 15 or 20 years. So people are inundated with information. They're getting it from every angle. There's all kinds of, you know, um, uh, outlets where people can get their opinions. So I, you know, I honestly, four years ago, you know, when Mike DeWine had a primary, I did not get involved in that at all. Uh, it was against Mary Taylor, another person I thought very well of. And, uh, and you know, I'm not even going to be, I mean, I'm really not going to do anything other than just offer up that quote that I was asked to offer. We're not going to have party resources. Look, if Joe Blystone called tomorrow and said, I want to use your party headquarters, he could, because we didn't endorse. If Jim Renacy called and said, I want to come down and use your office at the party, he could, we haven't endorsed. Anyway, all that to tell you that I think that the parties have been weakened to such a degree, Max. And I'm not, again, I'm not looking to, I'm, this is more a general conversation about parties. But I think they've weakened in such a way that they don't make a really big difference unless it's a, quote, nonpartisan race. I'll tell you where it made a difference. It made a difference like in the Anderson uh, Township races where, you know, uh, Josh Gerth, Lexi Lawson don't have an R next to their name in party endorsement matters. Democrats flip, flip the script. City of Cincinnati. Those are, quote, nonpartisan. Well, eight of nine Democrats in an 85% Democrat city win. Um, uh, they, they matter there, but on something as monumental as who the governor of a big state like Ohio is going to be, I just really don't think it moves much of the needle. I really don't. Well, so my follow-up question to that would be then, uh, if, if your endorsement isn't going to move the needle enough, um, or, or really at all, according to you, then uh, doesn't it seem like uh, an unnecessary conflict to have endorsed DeWine at this point anyway? I mean, why? Yeah, it's why? a fair question. It's one I thought a lot about. Um, but, you know, again, I made the decision uh, based on what's in my heart 
in my mind to support uh, the governor, and I've given you my reasons, and uh, I appreciate what you're saying about it. And it uh, I'm, I'm subject to the criticism that comes with it, and uh, but I appreciate what you're saying to me, and, uh, and it should segue nicely, I hope, into your next question, and that is what personal gain do I have out of it? So go ahead. Oh, okay. I was going to get to that right after one more. I've got one more just okay. to tie this this last piece off, just uh, because uh, I just want to. You, you mentioned it, right? You mentioned the uh, the Gallup poll, uh, where it seems like uh, in the last quarter of 2021 there is a bit of a shift from uh, Democrat support to Republican support. Republicans having a bit more of an edge in support in the fourth quarter of last year. Um, not only that, as we discussed in uh, uh, 20 uh, the elections in 2021 in Hamilton County. Uh, you mentioned uh, 76%. Uh, this is a light blue county, as you said, 76%. You said that was your number. Uh, uh, and I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think a lot of those people came out because they were angry more than anything about things like CRT and mask mandates. Um, so, and I think that's a huge reason why we activated that base. Um, it, and I mean, I know you know the anger that you're that you're that you're feeling from 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 people who have written to you. Uh, I know you know the criticisms that I have. Um, uh, what's your what's your what's your re re reaction to that as far as activating that base and getting them out for somebody who is not going to engage in these policies that have angered a lot of people? Mm -hmm. Oh, you know, Max, I don't mean this is going to. I don't. I've just done this a long time, and and I can tell you that um, I think that we will get to a binary choice in the in the in the, in the election in the fall, and I think that uh, the election will be a lot about a lot more than just one uh, gubernatorial race. And you know, you've fixated on that tonight, and I appreciate why, and I agreed to come on and spend the better part of twenty minutes now discussing it. But the fact of the matter is, it's a much bigger fight than that. And the Republican Party is poised to win races all across the country this year, and it has a lot to do with uh, a complete collapse in the uh, in the um, White House under a president who shouldn't be in office, in my opinion. But um, so I think the forces it's at, at play there are much bigger, frankly, than one race. And do I think that you know my one tweet that the governor's campaign is going to somehow shut down? Uh, the base of the party, I would be uh, way more powerful than people think. Um, and I think that um, my commitment to support whoever comes out of the primary is, should be the commitment that uh, you and everyone else should have because the country is too important. And if it really truly is about principles, I will tell you that I know John Cranley's principles. I know Nan Whaley's principles. And I would stack any one of the three people that have announced for governor against them any day of the week and to advance the principles that I care about. And I've given uh, late into the, a lot of late nights in this place uh, to, to the party and to the effort. Uh, they matter a lot. So I think, I think that's where it comes down. And uh, if people get hung up on primary fights, that's fine. We got to find a way to get through all that. And we will, I think. So I don't think that um, I do anything uh, to tamp that down ultimately when we get to the decision, if you want, uh, you know, John Cranley's chaotic city hall governance or Nan Whaley's total mismanagement of Dayton uh, or, or Mike DeWine and or, you know, Jim Renacy or Joe Blystone for that matter. So uh, I, I don't I, I would like to think that, um, you know, Max, I'm again, I'm just be blunt and I've gotten more blunt in my middle years, but I've, I've seen this show before. And I what I mean by that is. 
I'm not I, I'm not going to stand by and let people blow up the Republican Party over primaries. I, I just I'm, I've, 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 I've gotten tired of that. I mean, we have to unite the Democrats to a better job of of just falling in line sometimes. And, I'm you know, I don't like it. So I've already told you I got a letter even today about Trump. I have people resign over Trump. I've lost supporters over Trump. Trump was the other wing of the party. I will say to you this. Part of being a Republican, in my mind, is I was as enthusiastic for, my, for Mitt Romney and John McCain as I was for Donald Trump, and I will be for whoever the nominee is next time. Because part of not being a rhino, and I hate that word, and that's okay, part of not being a rhino is recognizing that we have to be a coalition of people that unite together around a common core set of principles, of whatever those might be. And when I say whatever they might be, they shift. I mean, Donald Trump has had a a major shift, I think, in our party on things like trade and other things. Anyway, all that to say that, um, you know, I, I can't, I don't want to let, nor will I let, in my own mind, a primary get in the way of that. And I, I didn't, you know, um, I, I would just won't do it. I think we should all fall in line and, and support uh, our nominee because they will be, there will be a binary choice at some point. Yeah, and I'll, I'll go ahead and get to that that final question there that you're anticipating. But of course, uh, you know, obviously people understand that this is politics uh, and uh, people rub el elbows and uh, uh, oftentimes people are really just looking out for themselves. So uh, that brings me to that question. Um, what, if any, uh, do you think your critics would claim you have to gain personally or professionally uh, from this endorsement of Mike DeWine? Yeah. How would you reply? Yeah, I, and, I, and I appreciate you asking me, and I know you <laughs> you prefaced it by thinking maybe it was a delicate question. I, I don't I don't rely, nor do I make any income from Governor DeWine. I don't I I know that there is a, a website out there about people serving on various boards. I don't have time for that. I'm, I'm between practicing law, trying to be a, a honorable husband and father, and uh, you know, and and party chair, and I serve as a magistrate a few places in this town. I. I don't, I don't do anything that he's ever appointed me to. That's just, and, and there's no, absolutely no truth to the idea that I benefit somehow personally out of this. As a matter of fact, I would tell you that I'm, I'm probably uh, hurting myself in some capacity off of doing it. Okay. So uh, having, having heard um, some of the grief I've taken, but anyway, I'm not, I'm not, um, I'm, I'm just, that's, 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 and the critics who say that, um, you know, I, I can I can get a little bare knuckles politics myself. I'm a good West Side. They're wrong, and and it's offensive, and it challenges my integrity, and it challenges my care. And I know you're not. I'm asking the question, but it challenges. That's my why I phrased it very specifically. <laughs> that's not that's not the guy that Michael Mike Triantafilu, my dad, raised. I'm I'm a pretty pretty honorable conservative person in that regard, and I have, I get no personal benefit out of endorsing Mike DeWine or anybody else, frankly. And. I've, I've supported candidates up and down the ballot uh, for the better part of um, for 20 years. And that is putting up a lot of signs, knocking a lot of doors, making a lot of phone calls, asking for money, something a lot of the activist class do not always appreciate, but a lot of groveling along the way to keep a party headquarters, keep the lights on, pay for all the things that we do as a party. So the idea that I somehow personally benefit from some per, some one, endo one endorsement uh, is preposterous. Well, I appreciate that. And uh, with that, I mean, I'll just give some of my closing thoughts on it. Uh, first off, again, thank you for coming on. I do think it shows tremendous character that you did because uh, these are tough questions. Uh, people are very frustrated. Uh, in my opinion, I think they are justifiably angry. Uh, and uh, my, uh, my personal view is that uh, the way 
and, and, and I know you've been doing this for a long time and you've seen a lot more of the numbers and I understand that, but my personal view is the best way to attract more people into this party is to make it more appealing. One of the ways, in my opinion, to make it more appealing is to uh, uh, shore up the Republican Party so that it reflects the principles of conservatism, of small government, um, uh, uh, classical liberalism to some degree. I mean, I think that those are the principles that, that the Republican is meant the Republican Party is meant to stand for, uh, and it's why uh, I, I obviously cho would choose to uh, support the Republican Party and, and not the Democrat Party. Uh, I also understand that the Republican Party has a big stick, which is why I don't go with the Libertarian Party, even though I might be more in line in a lot of ways with the Libertarian Party than the Republican Party. And a lot of the reasons why it's got such a big stick, to your point, is uh, having that uh, big tent. But that being said, I know that I have been busting my butt trying to recruit people to get involved. And one of the big pushbacks I get is they do not feel that the Republican Party more often than not rep uh, represents them uh, and represents their values. And, and I have, I struggle, I really do. I struggle to make them understand, well, we gotta get in there and make a difference. We gotta get in there and, and make the party understand that these decisions need to, need to be changed and need to be based off of these principles. Um, and the last thing I'll say here, uh, is there was uh, uh, Claremont County, uh, Greg Simpson was on the same list you were on, and I'm sure you saw he uh, recently rescinded uh, his endorsement of DeWine. Um, I'm sure I couldn't convince you to rescind your endorsement, but I would urge you to. Uh, I think that we would be much better off uh, uh, moving on from somebody like DeWine, even for all the good that he may have done, I think at some point the party needs to change to somebody who uh, is not going to engage in those kind of policies. Like I said, one last time, I will say thank you again for coming on, uh, but I do want to give you the last word. Well, Max, I, I appreciate having the opportunity to. I don't, I don't know that I, I, I won you over with my, my, my reasoning, but that's okay. Um, you know, it is my life's passion to win races and implement the things I care about. And for, again, too much of the focus here has been on one race. Uh, I can point you to a lot of different places where good things have happened. Too often as a party, um, we don't focus on the, the successes of our party, and that's okay. I also think that there is an entire cottage industry designed to sort of bash the Republican Party. A lot of books are sold and ratings are made on bashing the Republican Party. And that, that frustrates me, but it's a reality. Uh, a lot of Republicans get their messaging from those outlets where it just makes sense to bash, quote, the party. Um, I think that a lot of that's just unfair, but I, I've got to deal with it. Uh, I think that the future of the Republican Party uh, really is going to be uh, the things that we founded on as a party, free markets, capitalism, fiscal restraint, something nobody talks about anymore. Uh, obviously, uh, respect and honor for life matters a lot to me and others. And um, I hope ultimately we can unite as a party around those principles, even if one particular candidate or one particular race, and I'm not talking even about the one we've spent a lot of time talking about, divides us. And I said the same thing to the people who were upset about uh, Donald Trump's candidacy. I'll say the same thing to people who may be upset with Mike DeWine's candidacy. I'm a person who wants to try to unite. I spoke out once and um, I'll continue to kind of fight for the cause. Thanks for the chance to talk with you, Max. I appreciate it. Alex, thank you, and I uh, hope we get another chance to talk. Anytime, anytime. Have a good one. Bye-bye.
If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. If you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and every other major podcast platform. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe and enable notifications to stay up to date with all of our new episodes and content. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. If you'd like to be a part of the show, reach out to us at canceledoutpodcast at gmail.com or in our locals community. Canceled Out is produced, directed, edited, and mixed by Scott and Max. All sourcing information can be found in our show notes at chronicles.org or in the link in the episode post in our locals community site at canceledout.com. Canceled Out is a Canceled Out Media LLC production, copyright 2021.